Oh, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name. Name yours. Name your price. A tool, an idea, an inspiration. To do more than just say what you want to pay. Oh, no. But to see the options that could fit your budget. Steve, enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Welcome. I'm your host, Jillian Moss-Backman, and we are at the halfway point of the series I've been doing this summer called Summer Series with Jillian. And if you've been listening and following along, we've been working with intuition and all different aspects of tuition. And last week, we honed in on talking about intuition versus psychics. Now, I got some feedback on that show, and I'm not saying that psychics are bad, please. I thought we made that disclaimer very positive, and it was well documented in that in that show that I don't have a problem with it and neither does my sidekick Delilah it's more about you defining what kind of service you need and what they're there to help you with so there's all different levels between psychics and intuitives and the message was try to find what you're looking for and match the intuitive or the intuitive person to your needs, and that should help better to get and gain what you're looking for. So this week, I want to move on and talk with my sidekick, Hello, Delilah. Hello, Jillian. We're back for another really good show. I, I'm just so enjoying this series that we've been doing, and I think not only have I been learning a lot, but I know listeners have been learning a lot about you, about what you do, and, you know, hopefully about themselves. Well, I think that's the point of the whole exercise, you're right, that we're doing this for is because to just get a better understanding about the topic of intuition and then get kind of down and dirty and discuss what I do and how it works in the world and what people need. So I'm I'm glad to hear people are getting something out of it. So far, it's been pretty fun, I have to say. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've we've tackled some serious topics, and yet, you know, we've tackled some topics that have been, you know, lighthearted and fun. And I want to continue down the line that we started. And if you've noticed and played along and listened to all the shows, we up to this point have been talking about intuition, broader sense, meaning why we want to use this, how we use this, and how you can be using it within the leadership roles that you might have or getting messages from other people about your life through intuitive practitioners. This week, I really want to hone in on and talk about intuitive health 
and how intuition can help your physical and mental health. So what we want to discuss is how you can bring this idea of your own intuition and use it on a practical level in your life each and every day. And when you talk about intuitive health and wellness, you're talking about two parts, which is the physical part and the mental part of things. So I'm going to break it down into those two kind of areas and decide and tell you ideas and thoughts of how to connect between yourself, your intuition, to improve your life and institute some ideas and insights into your own intuition and how it can work for you. How's that sound, Delilah? I think it sounds great, and I think it's something that most of the people I know don't pay that much attention to. I mean, I think as a general public, we don't pay that much attention to our intuitive health, and it's just as important as our physical health, if not more so, because I think they're all intertwined. Absolutely. And if you understand how I work in the world, I truly believe that intuition is a part of the tools that we have in our toolbox to create a better aspect of wellness. And I know a lot of people make fun of it and think it's kind of a tchotchke thing where it's just fun to get messages and just kind of play along. But it's becoming an important and integral part of people's lives. And I really want to discuss it in three different areas. I want to talk about the first part, which is self-reflection. When you start working with intuition and using it in your daily lives and practice, you really want to start with self-awareness. And self-awareness is that part of ourselves that you get reflective and you get quiet and you start making a connection within yourself by disconnecting on what's going on on the outside. Do you do that, Delilah? Well, I would like to say (laughs) that I did it all the time, but no, I don't do it all the time. I know what you're speaking about and it's, you know, that quiet time when you just, when you actually get quiet and listen to your inner voice or, you know, whatever is speaking to you, or you just kind of take stock of what's going around or going on in your life. And obviously I don't do it enough, but um, I, I feel totally different when I do. I feel much more whole. I feel much more in tuned with Um, what I can really do as opposed to what I think I can do. Meaning thinking you can do from the messages that you get or from the thoughts that come past you? I would say more so from the thoughts that come past me. One thing I've noticed and just kind of taking stock of, of how my system operates. I wake up in the morning and my my brain starts chattering, and it's like, okay, 
it could be, okay, here's what I'm going to do today, or here's what's happening and how I'm going to handle it, or, you know, anything along those lines. But it's just a constant chatter first thing in the morning when I'm getting up. And what I've found is what I have to do is I have to put on some music or or read something just to get away from that mind chatter until I can at least wake up to the real world and, you know, make conscious decisions not based on everything that's blowing around my brain. And I think Hopefully that's that so important. Sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, in my book, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown, I talk about breaking that roteness of our daily lives. And by doing what you just talked about, when that self-reflection idea, whether you meditate or you get quietly mindful of what you're doing, it's a matter of taking the time to get centered and quiet. And when we talk about intuitive health, you have to start there. And I think people get these grand messages and then they just want to jump in you know, and it's a matter of making it a daily practice. And, and the example that you gave was great. And so the first step to all of this and doing it on a daily basis is learning to breathe. I think, you know, everybody talks about breathing and getting quiet and you listen to music. I actually listen to self-hypnosis tapes every morning before I get up. It's this kind of ritualistic idea of how you can get centered within yourself before the chaos of the day starts or the other way around before you go to bed. I know my mind chatter happens while I'm sleeping or in my case, not sleeping, you know, and so you have to learn how to breathe into those kind of ideas and get quiet and centered in that mindfulness and I think when you start learning to put that in your daily practice, things start coming more intuitively. In other words, you start connecting with that inner knowing that everyone talks about. And can you get there if you don't do that? I suppose you can. But you make the job so much harder. And the challenge is when you're not able to turn off that mind chatter and get through the ego and the fear and get into this calm, centered place, it's very hard to figure out what's going on inside of you, which leads me to the next step of what you do. After you're able to get quiet, and we're not talking hours, we're talking minutes. How many minutes do you think you do that in the morning? I would say a good 15, 20, sometimes maybe even a half an hour. And, you know, I have some self-hypnosis things that I listen to on occasion too and there again I I guess maybe I haven't done it enough to create that new habit like I should it's kind of like one of those things that you do for a while and then you kind of get busy with something else or something else comes along and it's you know you stop for a while and then you wonder why why is this not working for me right now and then it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that or I forgot to take this supplement or forgot to do something. So even that is a part of self-reflection is what did I forget to do? 
Yeah, that's right, because it's so easy to get caught up in the minutia as, as soon as your day starts, then you forget those messages and they just kind of fly out. It reminds me of when you have a dream and I have a friend of mine that always says, oh, I have the best dreams. And then I'm waiting for that person to tell me what the dreams are and they say, uh, well, I can't remember. Well, I'm like, well, what good does that do you if, you know, your body's trying to, and your mind and your subconscious is trying to connect with you, but you don't take it to the next step of what I call body scanning, which is all these different cues that come out in as a result of your mindful quietness and things that may come during the day, you have to take time to body scan. And there is a whole different category that people talk about now, which is medical intuitives. And I do a lot of that. But what a medical intuitive does is they do what's called body scanning. And basically, they go from head to toe, and they kind of check in with the arms, the limbs, the heart, the different systems to see where what I call a blowout point is. In other words, does something feel weak here? Does something feel overstrong over there? Or are there parts that just don't feel balanced? Those are the kind of things that people can do on their own every day. Do you think that what you're talking about is something that people can actually learn on their own? Or is it better? Do they learn better? Or do they learn the practice better if they are under the mentorship or leadership or guidance of someone like you or a, a, an intuitive consultant or someone who practices intuitive medicine, I guess, because that's kind of what I, what I look at it as. It's part of, it's part of the, the medical taking care of the physical, the, the, mind, body, soul sort of thing that has to be all in balance before you're wholly healthy. I do believe that people can learn on their own. I think it's one of those things where you need a tutorial, like a person like me that helps you get started. And we've talked in the past in these sessions about how I teach people to do it themselves. And I think a tutorial or someone that knows what they're doing kind of jumpstarts the uh, process so you don't have to go through the frustration because the beginning part of that, getting quiet and getting mindfulness, that's usually where people drop off. Like you said, they do it for a couple of weeks and then they get out of the game. And they get out of the game because it's too hard to get past that mind chatter part. So having someone like me along the way to guide you and give you some information on how to run through and get your own connection, because that's the hardest part. Once you're able to find your path, so to speak, inward, to find that place where it's quiet and you can get your own answers for yourself, there's a connection there and it takes a lot of practice. So your answer is yes. It does help to work with somebody like myself. But the other part of the story is if you have desire and if you have the willingness to put the effort in, you can do it yourself. And you start from the head to the toe, like I said, and then just slowly scan through your body. The hardest part of doing this process is to be neutral about it. 
you know, we one of the hardest things that people have nowadays is going on Google and looking up their symptoms in those <laughs> doctor kind of register places to see what they have. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is something that doesn't feel right in the body. So what medical intuitives can do is they can scan the body from the outside and tell you, okay, there's a warm place here, there's a cold place here, you know, you feel you need to get this checked out, it doesn't feel right. Certain aspects you can body after you do it for a while, when you're reading, you can feel it. And everyone should have that kind of relationship with their own body and their own soul. And so you have to keep doing it. And then because a lot of times when you're doing it, Delilah, the body's always going to be out of balance or in balance. So it's very hard to find your point of balance when you start. Because the body, if you haven't been doing it, is not going to be in balance. So it's kind of a tricky thing to learn how to body scan by yourself. And that's why I always suggest doing energy work or massage or meditation, those kind of things that start bringing that body into focus and balance. Well, and also a lot of the exercises that you have in your book address that so well. And I think the one that I like the best was um, the art of doing versus the art of being and the difference between the two. And maybe you can explain that. But I think one of the points was the fact that there isn't any real aha moment. I really picked up on that. And that's very true. And I think that people in general expect that aha moment when everything feels different or everything looks different or everything around them is different. And it really doesn't work that way, correct? No, it really doesn't work that way. And I think at some point people have been sold a bill of goods. So what when they start doing this in kind of intuitive work or inside work on their, you know, intuitive voice, they're looking for that moment and then they get frustrated and then just stop because they say nothing's happening, you know, because they've been told that they, you know, all of a sudden they'll get this big shebang and it really doesn't happen. And you're talking about the art of being in my book and the art of doing the last portion of that three prong thing that I teach people is action. And that brings us to the act of doing. So the act of being is the mindfulness, the quietness, the, uh, the ability to calm the systems down and really take a neutral kind of approach to what's inside of you and where the points are. And then the last part is the act doing that you, that you talked about. And the act of doing is exactly what it sounds like. You take, you take action on what you have disclosed to yourself and what you have found. And a lot of times people just love the act of doing. And the reason people love the act of doing is because you're doing something. <laughs> have you ever heard that saying, you know, do something, even if it's wrong, just do something. 
And well, right, so, and that's kind of the way yeah. it makes a change in, in your life is by moving forward. Doing something propels you forward and uh, rather than just sitting around and doing nothing or thinking about it. And I, I know I'm probably just like a lot of people out there. I'm I'm just as bad about sitting here making a list, planning it, da-da-da, thinking all about it, but implementing the list is the hard part <laughs> and I I get what you're saying about action. We got to take action. You have to take action because the rest of the world thinks you're lazy and not doing anything if you aren't taking action. So we really judge other people by what they're doing. In other words, have a big goal and keep going towards it. But what we're talking about here is a change in patterns of your life. It's a perpetual motion between the quietness in your mind and your body and your spirit to doing in your mind and your body and your spirit. And that takes a lot of effort for people if you're not used to getting quiet. I'll give you an example and it's it's so reflective of what's going on in the world right now because a lot of it is falling down on mental health. And I think these three patterns, the self-awareness, the body scanning, and the action, act of doing, is essential nowadays that people really get a hold of it and start using it in their daily lives. But the mental part of it, people keep talking about, whether that's depression, anger, rage, those kind of things. And everything's bubbling to the surface. Listened and heard the other day about this police force in California that's actually going and putting in a mindful meditation series for their people that work the beat every day because they're in this article I read and it's about depression and anxiousness and anger and loss of sleep. You can imagine in that kind of uh, career, the buildup of anger and rage they must have, whether that's because they can't do something for someone or because, you know, who knows why they come out with it. But they are actually forcing, forcing a forceful word, they're encouraging their officers to take meditation hours or 20 minutes or something together at their place before they go out to work. And what they're finding is that this is changing their mindset because when they get out there, One of the things in the act of doing is constantly doing, they're able to stop themselves in that vicious cycle of just doing to be doing, take a moment, center themselves, and be quiet and learn to live in a non-judgmental place, be aware of what's going on right in the moment, because that's what they learn to do is when you're mindful it's living in the moment, and then taking action. When you're able to break that cycle of just constantly reacting, 
you know, proactively just acting, 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 and there's no stop and reflection in there, that's when you get yourself in trouble. So what they're finding is, this is now a science. I mean, we've gotten to the place now where there's science of mindfulness, consciousness, uh, training, and all those kind of things. They're finding the brain patterns are actually coming down. It's causing people to be less reactive. You know, they're able to sleep. They're able to take off depression and anger. And I really believe this is the key to a lot of the challenges that we have in our daily lives. If we can incorporate these three kind of ideas and do them, things will start getting better. Because in the end, what happens is people learn to have self-reflective confidence and they also have more compassion for other people. When you're able to be in control of taking down your anger and your resentments, and you're able to do this constant body scanning of your mind and everything else, it has a reactive effect on everyone else. Well, it's, I think it's a marvelous thing that they're doing, and it, it is very important. And I think this is also a good time to let listeners know, and I think you're going to agree with me, that a lot of this that we're talking about today is not a substitute for professional mental health care. If there is a definite mental health issue with someone, you really need to seek professional help. However, it's definitely a good complement to that health that you are yeah, the help and assistance that you would be receiving from a mental health professional. And I think a lot of the mental health professionals out there need to have this kind of training. And I'm sure you're going to agree with me, right? I am going to agree with you, absolutely. And if you look through history, when before we had allopathic medicine, which is what we have now, we had natural natural herbal, that kind of thing. And it was very grounded on how you're feeling about yourself and what's feeling bad on the inside. As history started unfolding itself, we became less and less detached with, I heal myself, therefore I can heal, you know, heal myself in that aspect. And we started turning that kind of control over to people outside ourselves. Now, that wasn't a bad thing because it was we were putting our health in the hands of competent professionals. No problem there. That's a good thing. But then now what's been going on in the last 20 years is that we are starting to merge these two aspects together which has never happened in the history before because they have run congruent to each other and parallel rather than crossing. So now where we're at is that back in the day, you never questioned a doctor's ideas. You never, you followed them to the T and I'm not condoning that people go in and question their doctors. But what I think we are saying is, what can you do from an energetic point of view 
calming the mind and the soul and your unconscious part of yourself, what can you do to heal those those fear-based ideas you have in your head that you're going to get hurt or you're going to do something more? How can we calm those? So the other part that the physicians that we do go to work twice as better. Well, exactly. And I I just don't think that you can work one without the other. And I would definitely seek out a doctor who does or who is at least open to it so that they know exactly what's going on with you. Because not every physical ailment may manifest itself, you know, through the body. It may manifest itself somewhere else. Think of the body as layers and layers and layers of systems. My favorite example is, do you remember the encyclopedias? That's kind of dating ourselves. Do you remember that? Of course. And <laughs> the, they had in the body section, they had those like cellophane pages that laid on top of each other. And I used to look at it for hours. Like you'd open it and it was about the body and then it'd have the endocrine system. Then you'd flip the, the clear page over and it'd have the circulatory system and you folded that over. Do you, do you remember those? Or maybe oh, I'm just I a little weird. <laughs> no, you're not. Not at all because I used to do the same thing. I thought it was fascinating and I, I like that you've brought this up because the one think about the one little overlay that was missing. Right. That's Which is exactly just... what we're talking about today. It it's Correct. always been the missing part of the whole. At which is the energy system. And, you know, people talk about life force energy, the chakra points and all that stuff. If they were to put that on a cellophane page like they did back in the day, acupuncture works off of that with the meridian points. These are all energy pieces on the body. So if you were to place that on top and I would flip it over so the energy system would be the first page, meaning everything starts at the energy level in the body, deep, 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 deep inside ourselves. And then it starts working itself out to the surface of the body. So by laying the energy page, people can actually see how the energy, if that's not working, it affects the endocrine system, it affects the circulatory system, it affects the elimination system, and it works itself layer, 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 out to the top. So when I'm talking about, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to ask a question. Do you think that 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 particular cellophane page and the energy system itself would probably go in between all of the other ones so that there, you know, you have a layer of the endocrine system with a layer on top of the energy sources that would go along with that. And then the next one may be skeletal or circulatory with another page of energy systems that go along with that. And that would create a whole picture See, exactly what we're talking about. That, that's a, 
thank you for adding that because it's not only at the very root on the inside of the body. Yes, it would probably, if you had a, a visual of it, it would layer between everything as it goes out. So when we're talking about using intuitive health, we're talking about that energy system that somehow got thrown out long time ago, but it was there to begin with. But as we got wiser and smarter and scientific, we decided to pull that part of that whole equation out. So what's happening now is that people are going, wait a minute, we're missing a big chunk of something here that needs to be healed. Because if you've got these energy systems, and if you've ever done acupuncture, it's the strangest thing. Have you done it, Delilah? No, I haven't. That's something I've I've never had the opportunity to do. It's crazy. And they take this little needle and they put it, let's say, on the side of your ankle, okay? Just a little thing and they let it sit there. And you can feel the electrical impulses from your head to your toe out your hands, down your arms, and it just goes back and forth. And then if you're even mindful enough, you can feel as it, that impulse goes through your body where it shuts down. That is what we're talking about. Everyone can do and train their mind to go in and do this body scanning and get to know your body yourself. We're not talking about diagnosing. We're talking about feelings, what feels different, what's hot, what's cold, what's vibrating, what's not vibrating, what parts of myself don't feel like the energy is arriving. Most of the time, you know, when you're talking about neuropathy, you can ask a patient and say, okay, where do you not have any senses? Well, they'll tell you in your arms, their feet, that's the kind of thing. So if we took those layers off, I bet you we could see that energy is not moving into those places. It's fascinating to me, quite frankly. <laughs> it it is to me too, and I you know, just as a personal story, something you showed me was acupressure points. And mm. I've been fascinated with that. I was having you remember when you were here, I was having this pain in the sciatica or whatever it was and you touched the back of my leg and it went away pretty quickly and so it's it's funny I, I still have it every once in a while and as soon as I find that little acupressure point it it relieves it so you know that's my first experience it's not acupuncture but acupressure did I really do that? I can't remember doing that, but that is something I probably would do. <laughs> well, I'm glad it helped you. But those are the kind of things that we're talking about in that when you become intuitive, healthy, it means that you start taking stock of what's going on every day. Body changes every day. And this is what they're working with with the police staff is that do a check-in. Go on a space of reflectiveness, see mentally where you're at, do a health checkup mentally. Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you depressed? Are you annoyed? And figure out how you can do things and the action side to let go of that, whether that's meditation, yoga, 
speaking out, doing exercise. These are the kind of things that I talk about when I talk about intuitive health. Because, you know, people, we've, you find two kind of clients. There's clients that want you to do all the work. And then there's clients that want you to teach them how to do their own work. And if you asked, I've worked with lots of doctors and physicians. It's the same kind of thing. What we have to do is start taking responsibility for doing our own internal checks, figuring out energetically what's amiss. And whether that means we have to go do a checkup with somebody like me that helps get and it narrowed down to focus of what needs to be done, or you learn to do it yourself like you did with the acupressure point. People have to do that. And if people start doing that, the society becomes more healthy in the long run. So in my book, I start talking about and give you a blueprint on how you can start charting what I call the divine energy rhythm pattern. I know that's a big amount of words, but there was no other way to describe it. When you start looking at your rhythms and patterns of what you do every day, whether you go down in the dumps at three o'clock every day and those kind of things, and just spend the first couple of days, I really talk and give specific exercises on how to start doing the art of being And the first exercise is just to read this paragraph that I have in the book and just sit with it. It, You know, I have you sit with it for a couple days and just read the paragraph and then be quiet and then take notes maybe 15, 20 minutes later and do that a couple times in in a week and then read what you came up with whether that's the mind chatter you were talking about, Delilah, or things or messages that are coming through that people aren't tagging as messages. Because I really believe that's a problem a lot of people have. They'll say, well, I can't get in touch with my own intuition and my own inner voice or knowing. If you're not setting that up as a charter for what you want to achieve, you won't find it. So in the book, I talk about how you have to do these things. And then from there, I take you into a mindful meditation and a quietness. Then the second part of the exercises in the book to be more contemplative about it. See what comes up. Is there patterns that's starting to show up that you didn't see before? And then what you want to do is take that information and just sit with it and then realize which part of it is rote learning, meaning which part of it is just what you do every day because you do it and you need to get out of it, or which part of your daily life on a regular basis is tapping into a higher source and a direct connection to your inside. Well, your book is so helpful in that, in that you can actually, for anyone, for someone who has never been had an interest in this before or someone who, um, you know, maybe has practiced meditation or, or 
you know, intuitiveness, whatever, throughout their whole life, there's still so many lessons in there and it's all laid out so well. I think that's the thing I like about it so much is that even through the stories that you tell, your personal stories, there's lessons within them that come out and they're easy to learn and they're easy to do. It's not something complicated. It's not something you know, you don't have to go back to school. But I really want to drive the point home one more time, the fact that I think it's important to have someone like you go along with it, even though you're so permeated in the book because you wrote it um, and the lessons are so invaluable. The sessions that you do just are like the icing on the cake. It brings it all into the whole reality of what this person may be trying to find. Well, first of all, thank you for compliments on my book. Yeah, I read it and, and I'm, it took me, it was very hard to write. Let's put it that way, because I did exactly what you're talking about. Meaning I broke it down. I would do something for myself and then I'd have to sit down and break it down into the simplest points to get to convey how I was doing what I was doing to have other people achieve it. Now, the book is a broad stroke, which is what you're talking about, meaning it's written for the masses. It's a primer on how to get everybody started in it. But my private sessions are, okay, let's really get and down to the nitty-gritty, pull apart what it is that you specifically need to learn on your energy side that's blocking you, the ideas that you need, teach you how to do your own body scanning with the skills that you already have or may not have. So, yes, I do think intuitive tutorials with myself or someone like me is essential for success because the point is the book is trying to get you to be a better human being, a person that's more compassionate, a person that learns to stay balanced with their energy. That's not an easy task, especially with all the things that are going on. But if you're able to have a private session with me and a tutorial and we can break it down, you know, I'm the exercise queen. (laughs) I love assignments and I love exercise. My clients get so tired of hearing it. It's some level. Once you have them written out and you see it, Delilah, for some reason, it seems easier to achieve it. Oh, exactly. It, it it does make it a lot easier, and it's, again, it's not rocket science, but it is so much a part of everything we should be doing on a daily basis. And I like the point that you made up that it's it's trying to build better human beings. But I think the fact that, like you, you talked about earlier, the, the police department who is bringing meditation, and there are so many professions out there that, stress people to the max and people give and give and give so much of their own selves into their either their profession their job or the issue that they're working with or or you know standing up for that you deplete yourself if we don't go back and get that energy back it's depleted it's it's like 
you know, staying in a bat cave, you don't get any vitamin D and your body depletes of it. So it's so important to the total wellness of all human beings is to tune in to yourself first. I mean, if you're going to the doctor, you've got to be able to tune into your own body to know the relative questions you might want to ask that doctor and be a part of your own physical, mental, and spiritual health and advocate for yourself because if you don't, nobody else will. Absolutely. And, you know, I think part of it is that we feel so helpless a lot of times when we go to the physicians and places like that because we basically turn our own health over to them. Well, this is a part of the human body, the mind, the soul part that nobody can heal but you. So I think a lot of people resist using this kind of intuitive health, healing the energy source of our bodies because You can't play the victim. Once you start getting those messages and once you start learning to be quiet and you can calm yourself down, the next step is you have to take responsibility for what you're learning from within. So that action part, the act of doing, is just as challenging sometimes as the act of being. But yet everybody talks about the act of being, being really hard. I can't get my mind to chatter. I can't, you know, connect with my source, you know, plug in whatever you say. But the reality is the easy part sometimes is being quiet and getting the messages of what you need to do. And then you actually have to do it. That's where people get tagged up. (laughs) I can believe that. You know? I can believe that. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's also very empowering when you can bring your fear down. And that's the greatest part of this, bringing down the anxiousness, bringing down the fear, being in a place of calm that you can step back and take an objective view of what's going on without fear because no one's knowing you're doing it, telling them. So every police person that's on the ground in meditation and doing their quietness each one of them are on their own personal journey. And you don't have to tell anybody what you're getting from the inside. And the actions you take are only your own personal actions. So it's a very loving way to love yourself in a way that people say love yourself. This is where you start. This is how you oh, give that's, back. That's the life. greatest starting point. You're right, and then I think it there is. again, it's it, that's probably one of the most important things, and and what we see on a daily basis with people in the world is you don't love yourself first. So if you don't know the meaning of loving yourself first, how can you love your fellow human being? Well, and you know, that's the buzzword, love yourself, love yourself. Well, what does that mean? Well, what exactly what we're talking about today, which is getting quiet, learning the act of being, stopping the roteness in your life, and taking actions to make new decisions. Doing that, you'll give yourself more inner confidence, and you'll learn to have more compassion for other people because you realize we're all doing it. We're all going through it together. 
and you have the ability to sense something outside yourself when you're not working so hard to keep yourself together. I think everybody's working so hard just to keep their crap in a pile nowadays. I think they can't even think about somebody else's love or somebody else's graciousness because it's taking so much effort because we've we've detached from that part of ourselves. Yes, we really have as a society as a whole, I think, and we're seeing um so so much of the repercussions of that and the violence that's everywhere in the news every single day. Um, what is wrong with these people? Where, well, where are because we finally going to I know. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're so detached from this inner world that everybody keeps talking about that the people – have to start doing it. I think that's why I'm so drawn to the police story is because they're not doing it the normal way. You know, let's give them more classes. Let's do this. No, what they're teaching these police force in California is learn how to calm yourself. Learn how, and in the book, I talk about separating your emotions out. Because if you begin to do that, you'll realize you are not anger. Anger is just a human emotion that people feel. The true essence of ourselves is that peace and trust and respect and quietness. But we all have to learn how to get back to it and do this body scanning and move through actions. Then it'll be perpetual. It'll move from one person to the next to the next. I like the connect the dots metaphor because that's kind of what it takes. It takes starting with number one and number one is you, you, and then connect it to someone else. It may be someone close to you or it may be someone You've never met before, but those random act of kindness, I think are some, one of the greatest movements I've seen running through social media. And it's so important and we should be doing it anyway. We should be. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever done mindful inner work or meditation with a group? Holy cow. Oh my gosh, Delilah. We're going to have to do that one of these days. I do that all the time. So it's one thing to be in a quiet meditation and medit mindful quietness by yourself. But when you've got 50, 100 people going in the same direction that you're going, which is inward, it is unbelievable. It's every time I've done it, it's a different experience because what happens is the energy starts coming out of each other and it fills the room. I can feel it right now. It fills the room with this love energy and self-confidence and trust to the person next to you and the person behind you. And so this, it's not only this, this oneness that happens by yourself, it happens with the group. Why do you think people go to those places? Because we're craving that. But then the problem well, you is com- once you go ahead. Sorry. Can you compare that as 
is is similar to going to church and everyone in the church prayer. Absolutely. It's the same thing. But the challenge is people don't gulp it in, as I say. They don't take in the breath of that energy. Because a lot of times when you pray, you're praying outward. And so a lot of times you don't gulp that stuff in, meaning you got to take it in and breathe with it. So once you leave that place, the energy is still inside you. And you learn well, you on your that, own. Right. Do you think that could be part of the rote learning and the rote habits like you talked about in your book is so many people are so habitualized to going to church on Sunday, Wednesday night, whatever other functions there may be. And it's a habit instead of some place where they are actually getting something back, getting that inner feeding that they should expect. And it's not happening in a lot of churches nowadays that I've seen. Or it is happening in some churches, and that's why some people are leaving some churches to go seek this energy. So, yes, that's correct. Right. It's, it's, that's what's happening, and it's a momentum, and it's going to continue. But the challenge is we can't have that every day, meaning you can't go to church every morning. Your church is when you listen to music in the morning and you get quiet or you listen to a self-hypnosis tape. That brings the inner essence of yourself in control of you by yourself. That's what we're talking about. That's an interesting point, yeah. So that's why it's it's fun to do that and feel the spark, but then you got to find that sparkle on the inside. So next week, we're going to be talking about intuition and friends. I think that's going to be fun. (laughs) It will be fun, especially with the two of us. I know we can talk about our secrets and, and what we tell each other and intuitively get off each other. I have friends that are all intuitive. So it's just kind of like a round robin business, which makes me very happy because I don't have to do it all the time. But we've been talking about my book, and so I want to tell everyone where you can order the book. You can order it at my website, which is JillianMossBackman.com. You can find me on ImaginePublicity.com, or you can order it from Amazon and eBooks all over. But my suggestion for everyone, not just because it's my book, it's a good way to start if you have any ideas about thoughts that you want to explore and get a better mindful, meditative, quiet life of living in better intuitive health. It's a very good start, don't you think, Delilah? Certainly do. I certainly well, do. Thanks. And it's it's just chock full of information and great stories that I think everyone can relate to um, on on many different levels. And you'll definitely come away with a better knowledge. You, you're going to come away with not only through the, the lesson plan, but the lessons that you have in there. And it's a great place to start, especially if you've you know never done something like this before and you, you still are seeking something a little bit more in your life. Thank you for that. And I, I agree.
agree with you in that it uh, it's not one of those books that talks over your head. That's not the kind of person I am to begin with. So I worked very hard not to write a book like that. So join us next week for episode six when we're going to talk about intuition and friends. Phil and I say have a wonderful week. Live it in love. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already. of a drill instructor directing a musical. Town hut! Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, 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 and step will change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates, home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a politician. I believe in the people, and their cars, and progressive, and the fact that you, yes, you can plug in snapshots to save even more money for being a good driver. I also believe in Sasquatch, but more as a joke, but also kind of seriously. Safe drivers save with Snapshot from Progressive. I approve of this message, and Sasquatch, if you are real, you can totally be my running mate. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states.